Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to ELI, the place where you get your daily dose of inspiration for entrepreneurship. And today we have with us Mr. Ketan Patel, uh, who is the founder of Creative New Tech Limited. Hi, Mr. Ketan. Welcome to ELI. Uh, thank you, Priya, for having us, uh, having me on the show. Thank you so much. Uh, I would uh, request you to introduce yourself to our audience and uh, tell us a bit about uh, Creative New Tech. What kind of company it is? What are the products and services we provide uh, and who are our customers? Uh, okay, so I am Ketan Patel, founder of Creative New Tech Limited. I, along with my wife, Purvi Patel, we founded this company close to three decades ago now. And uh, uh, the company has two distinct pillars. One is uh, we are licensee for a brand called Honeywell. Under this license agreement, we can use that brand for four categories of product. One is the air purifiers, one is personal and home audio. Uh, second, uh, third is uh, enhancement products for uh, your laptops, your desktops and your TV. And fourth is networking product. So that is one pillar of our business. This license agreement is for 38 countries. So whole of Southeast Asia, South Asia, Middle East and Africa. There we can use the Honeywell license and sell the products under this name. Second, pillar of our business is uh, we are brand entry specialist and uh, we have coined a word called FMSG that is fast moving social media gadgets and uh, we tend to get uh, the right kind of gadgets for today's youth in India and that's the second business uh, market entry for renowned brands. Got it. Uh, uh, give us a perspective on uh, what is the scale of operation right now as in uh... Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, we are a listed company, so most of our uh, uh, numbers are there in the public domain. But last year, as of uh, financial 22-23, uh, uh, we closed at a turnover of 1,367 crores and uh, with a pet margin of 27 crores. Got it. Uh, uh, currently, we have close to 27 offices across India. We have close to uh, 300 uh, manpower. We also have uh, two overseas offices. One is in uh, Hong Kong and one is in Middle East. Got it. Uh, I'm sure we have a, a massive operation right now, but uh, I'm also sure that it all started with a humble beginning. So take us to yeah. those days when it all started. What was the hypothesis? What? How it, uh, it all started and what made you to think about entrepreneurship what made you to uh, you know start this venture uh, okay so at our time uh, we had very few choices right i belong to a family of doctors we have almost 13 14 doctors in our family my dad was a doctor my all uncles are doctor my brother is a doctor my grandfather was a doctor i was a black sheep kind of in the family got a little uh, lesser percentage got into engineering and that point of time you had only three streams either you become a doctor or an engineer or a charter accountant right and i did my engineering at that point of time it was vogue to get into telecommunication computers i got into computers uh, uh, when i passed out uh, make in india it was not coined make in india but that point of time also there was differential duty on finished products and uh, complete knockdown or semi-knockdown condition product. 
So worked for a factory for a couple of years uh, to manufacture. At that point of time, you didn't have graphics card. You had dual display card, display cards, XT80 motherboards, memory cards, all that we manufactured for a company. Mm-hmm. Worked again then for a company which was into maintenance of computers. Then being into a Gujarati family, most of the people start business and uh, we get married also at around 22, 23 years of age. And the first question is, so I lost my father earlier and then my mother uh, spoke to a relative of us and was kind enough to give us a place at uh, Lamington Road and that's where the whole journey started. We started as a service center and then slowly uh, graduated to become a brand licensee. Okay, so which, which year did we start? We started in 1992. Wow. So, so that I was dating with Purvi and uh, she and me founded that business, named it Creative because she was from the software side. I was from the hardware side. He said we should have a name which can be used both in hardware and software. Lucky for us, the hardware part clicked and she became a processes person and I became a sales person and that's how the whole journey started. Mm. So 1992, I think this is the year uh, when uh, the uh, capitalism was just starting uh, in India on the market. Was uh, yes, yes. 94, actually, uh, after the foreign trade and Asimara government coming, they really started opening the market. And that's when we were lucky enough that India was opening and we were just starting our business. That's the case. Okay. So what kind of services were we providing and how did we get in the initial few clients? Yeah. So initially, uh, the person who had given us the place on rent uh, wanted us to check his uh, equipments for computers because there was no warranty available because no brand was here in India. So material used to come by imports or material would come by gray. And you step out of a shop and there was no warranty available, right? And so people wanted always uh, a good service center where they could repair the product. So initially we started as a service center. Then uh, a lot of traders started making us partners because they wanted us that uh, uh, somebody technical should be there. So their products testing, uh, post uh, sales, warranty all can be taken care of. So we then slowly became a trader. Over a period of time, we understood that money is a scarce resource and uh, trading is not for us. Uh, So we said that we will do exclusive products. And uh, there were certain brands which had, say, TVSC at that point of time had a 40% market share. Mm -hmm. But they didn't have the same market share across India. In western part of India, they had a very lesser percentage of market share. So then we took up TVSC, we started pushing the products into the market. Over a period of time, we became known that they can push uh, brands into the market. Uh, then Microsoft uh, was looking for an aggregator at that point of time. Microsoft was a software company. They required great hardware to run this software. From the company itself, the focus was zero because 97% of their revenue was software and hardware was not in there. So they wanted somebody who could push uh, hardware and that's how uh, we got the first uh, Microsoft aggregatorship for India to start with 
and then retail started opening because as you had already said right that the winds of change were there the markets were opening up and then somewhere around 2006 7 uh, chroma was opening up reliance was opening up big bazaar was starting with e zone and uh, we thought that the deliverables in a b2b scenario and a deliverables to a retailer are very different and we have a niche that we could do that. And that's how we started supplying to them. And then slowly brands started coming to us. Then uh, the last 10, 15 years, if you see millennials have started really growing and 75% uh, of Indian uh, population is millennials, which is less than 35 years of age. And this population is where uh, they don't have the basic needs of uh, roti kapra makan or clothing and food, shelter. They don't have a basic need of security. That's all taken care of. They are slightly on the Maslow's top end of the pyramid where self-actualization, hobbies, purposes, that's what drives them. So a millennial usually has three to four hobbies which he follows and a couple of them he practices. It could be running marathons or it could be cycling or it could be photography or it could be gaming. And as the internet penetration started growing up, there was a need of more and more connected devices to be available. And that's why we said that, and there was, you had fast moving consumer goods, you had fast moving electrical goods. We said, let's have fast moving social media goods. Let's get products where uh, you can build a community. You can give a great customer experience. And the many things would start that. So our first, uh, uh, came with Beats by Dr. Dre, the headphone company. They were looking for a distributor. When I met them, they said our each uh, headphone is close to, uh, that point of time, it was close to uh, $300. Uh, mm -hmm. It laughed that we will buy a $300 home. And daughter was, uh, is... Uh, uh, we were having dinner together and she said, how was your day? And I said, I met this company wants to sell a $300 headphone. And my daughter said, which is the company? I said, Beats. And she really jumped up. She said, did you really meet the Beats people? Did you? And that's when I started knowing that there's so many brands with the young millennials wanted are not available. And that's where we found our niche also. And then we started getting that brands. And then slowly GoPro happened. And then the recent uh, Razor app. Cricut happened. Cricut is again a cutting printer from US. It's a $1.6 billion market uh, there. And uh, they wanted somebody for India. And that's how we started getting products and kind of got our name into market entry specialist for the India subcontinent. So uh, the, these global brands, when they want to enter India, they reach out to you and your uh, company to distribute their products. Uh, Correct. So, uh, Priya, if you see, you know, uh, last uh, uh, decade and a half, 15 years, there's no innovation come from the traditional houses, right? So you have no innovation product coming from the house of Microsoft or from coming from Oracle. For example, e-commerce company like Amazon, they came out with the eco right? And Google came out with uh, products. Similarly, we launched GoPro in India. So GoPro was a 14-year-old company. It's not coming from an HP or a Nikon or a domain, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, these companies, for them, they really understand that the millennials, the Gen Z, 
customer experience is only that matters. And to get that customer experience, you require four or five pieces to be executed correctly. One is a brand strategy, which is for the generation in India, because every population worldwide is unique. The genre might be same, the choices might be same, but the preferences are different, right? So uh, these brands, they understand very well. So they get an India-specific uh, marketing strategy. Then you require influencers, then you require bloggers, then you require content creators who would create that content, which is authentic, made-for-India type of content. Then you require omni-channel presence, right? You should be able to sell your product online, offline, uh, modern trade, gadget stores everywhere. Then you also require scale and skills, right? India is such a large country. So for example, if you were to deploy your product, say, in a Chroma, then show that product. Then, then uh, we'll train there. We'll look at the merchandising there. We'll uh, change the showreels when a new product comes in. So all these pieces kind of, uh, uh, we have it with us, and that's... Uh, we offer to the brands and brands get attracted to it. Our latest offering now is D2C. So while we distribute also, we would uh, run the brands direct to consumer uh, online stores. That's also we run for them. Got it. I, I also understand that uh, recently we are also trying to uh, expand globally. So there are some initiatives around that. So can you tell us uh, what's so, um, uh, as you know, right, uh, for everything you search Google, but for a product, Amazon is the default engine, right? And uh, so, for example, you want to travel to Switzerland, you will search it on Google, but you want to buy a phone, you want to buy a TV, you will go and search it on Amazon, mm -hmm. kind of. And Amazon is already present in 32 countries, right? And once you get your EN code and the ASIN registered in Amazon, and then when you light up the inventory, say, in Singapore, or you light up the inventory in, say, uh, Middle East, your reviews, your products, your description, everything gets transferred there, right? And then you are ready to sell. That's the thing. So Amazon is really propelling that journey. Away. Second is we have a brand which is Honeywell. And Honeywell has a great affinity in the Middle Eastern market. It has a great affinity in the South Asian market. And piggy banking on Honeywell's brand name, we can take products there, right? For example, in the Middle East market, when we launched air purifier, right? Now, currently, you had water purifier. Now, there would be a time in 10 years that every house would have an air purifier, right? So, we thought it would not sell well in Middle East because the pollution level there is much level than the Asian country. But then we found that as you go higher and the income for people increases, the air quality becomes more and more important. The richer a person is, the better air quality he requires most of the time. So that's where our air purifiers are flying today. We are number one, number two on Amazon there, right? Then when we went to Southeast Asia, we found Lazada, Shopee, these are the players who do very well. So then we can have a team in India who can then publish content, who can write description, uh, who can uh, do everything from India, run uh, AMS, do performance marketing, and then you make a distributed launch there. So that's the case. The difficulties in going international is every market is different. So the terms of trade for that market, the cultural differences, uh, how do you talk? So uh, in Middle Eastern, you speaking slightly in a louder voice is okay because 
they speak in a different dialect and a tone. And when you go to the uh, Southeast Asia market, you have to be very subtle, very soft in your speaking because that's how the crowd is there, right? Then talking to a manager in Singapore and talking to a manager in Middle East and talking to your manager in India, all three you have to handle differently. So that cultural shift we are learning and you know, right, the life of an entrepreneur is to learn every day, right? Every day you learn new things, you fail, and every failure is again a PhD into something, right? And then you don't repeat that mistake and you carry on. So that's having their journey currently. So speaking of life of the entrepreneur and the learnings, uh, so uh, I think it's a long uh, uh, journey of entrepreneurship you have had and uh, at each phase you are learning. But some of the learnings uh are valid throughout the time like uh, when you started the same learnings were relevant and now also same learnings are relevant so tell us some of those top learnings which are like uh, evergreen uh, timeless learning completely completely you know right it did entrepreneur with early 50s has a lot of is to right? <laughs> is look uh, um, for example uh, one thing i learned is overnight success is equal to 20 years. whenever you have night overnight success you know, that organization has really worked out. so that's one life learning that you will have to have perseverance you will have to have so there are certain foundations right one is the discipline Without discipline, nothing can move. Without integrity, nothing can move. Similarly, in entrepreneur's life, he has to be self-motivated. He has to have the perseverance. And he has to find different means to follow that purpose. Right. So that are some of the learnings which have kept us growing. And these are time-tested principles. Perseverance, discipline, these are some of the things which kept you going. Then the right kind of networking, right? And the right influence of uh, people. So your circle of people really influences your thoughts, right? So that has worked very well. Uh, one lifelong principle is if something is not working, you have a timeline and you drop it. Because most of the time, the entrepreneur falls in love with his idea and then is not ready to let go. It's like the... A monkey in Africa, right? For the banana, he loses his life because he's not ready to leave the banana and remove his hand from the cage where the banana is. So that also I learned. And I think our failures were our biggest teacher, right? Every time, uh, and I think uh, every week we fail into some initiative. But uh, after every five failures, we have a success. So I keep saying my team also, that uh, the more I fail, the more luckier I become. The more uh, I work hard, the more luckier I become. So that's the mantra we have followed. Got it. Uh, I think every uh, two, three years or every five years, entrepreneur goes through a very big challenge uh, and uh, has to overcome in order to survive and you know continue the venture. So tell us all, all the 30 years of entrepreneurship, what were some of the very, very big challenges that uh, you had to face and uh, you overcame that? So a couple of challenges. First of all, always money was a constraint initially because you know how the Indian banking system is, right? If you have money, they give you money. 
But if you don't have money, they don't give you money. That's the case, right? So you first you have to build your credibility. And I didn't come from a business family, so even a small uh, letter from the sales tax department or uh, something coming from income tax and the whole house would become chittery that whether I'm doing right, whether I'm not doing something which is uh, uh, above the law, all that would happen. That's the first part. Second, uh, we learned over a period of time uh, finance because we came from an engineering background and finance. as a subject was not there right so we learned the very hard way that uh, the financial discipline should be there and i was lucky enough that purvi was always there so she is a bit of a uh, i can say uh, somebody who has a long term perspective and who is very decisive so we always had and she used to manage the finance so we always had a financial controller who could uh, help us in that uh then uh, the 2008 crisis right and uh, suddenly everything the price went down during covid also if you see the cycles of uh, one month stocking became a three month stocking period mm. so uh, you have to constantly decide right that whether you want to stock for three months or you want to lose order whether you want to pivot your business model because Uh, initially it was mom and pop stores then it became uh, modern retail then it became online then it became omni channel now it is direct to consumer right all this models pivoted and every time every 3 4 years we kept uh, changing the models right uh, a couple of times uh, uh, you would not find any value you would have a good lifestyle everything but Uh, you would think that uh, look, I'm not growing. Uh, I'm not creating anything which is valuable. Uh, uh, so, am I on the right uh, path, or should I continue, or should I take a back seat? Because entrepreneur's journey is also lonely, also right. You see a lot of your friends who are in job. They have a good ten uh, to six, ten to seven job. They have time for uh, their families, and uh, here is uh, you are hustling. Three sixty five days on something, so a uh, lot of challenges came in, uh, and in the challenges, always uh, hope and uh, to change and to accept that there was a failure really helped us very well. Uh, I think uh, before we went public, uh, yeah, around two thousand fourteen fifteen, if somebody would have come with an offer that we'll give you. Whatever money you invested in the business, mm-hmm. uh, and I would have sold my business then, but uh, nobody came with an offer, and I am happy that I did not sell that point of time. Well, uh, my final question: Tell us uh, what is the meaning of entrepreneurship for you? How would you define the term entrepreneur, or what is the process of entrepreneurship? How... Yeah. Okay. So for different people, it's a different uh, thing. But if you had, if I had to tell you in one word, then it is perseverance. If I had to tell you in one sentence, then it is whatever it takes to be successful and always on the legitimate side, never a shortcut side. So that is the case. And uh, I think to be an entrepreneur, no, the journey of a Person you become while becoming an entrepreneur, no, that's very rewarding. When you play a game which is larger than your life or slightly larger than the comfort uh, zone you are, it really changes your 
perspective towards life, your uh, ability to manage chaos, that also changes with the larger games you play. So that really, really is kind of, I would say, the rewards of entrepreneurship. And as I said, perseverance and whatever it takes is what I would say is an entrepreneur. So uh, I think uh, we are at the end of the session. Uh, uh, on this note, we will close the session. Uh, uh, thanks for joining us, uh, Ketan. And uh, my best wishes for Creative New Tech Limited. And I must say it was a pleasure to have you on our platform. And thank you, Swatantra, for finding time and taking this call at uh, 8.30 in the night. Thank you so much.